everybody! Welcome back to Dungeons and Diapers. Uh, it's the second episode of season two of Dungeons and Diapers. Dungeons and Diapers 2.0? Question mark. I'm not even sure, but we're doing something a little different. We're doing the topic of the week, and this week's topic is going to be technology and your children. Not your children specifically, more like technology and my children, but it might apply to your children. Either way, it will be great. And with me, as always, the co-host with the co-most, I am talking about uh, your friend and mine, Ryan Murphy. Ryan, welcome to the show. It's true. I'm back. Uh, I made it. Uh, it's funny. We were talking about topics and such, and, and, a, and a thought entered my brain. We're actually recording this like a day before, and I completely spaced that I was going to... Uh, I was going to get Caden's uh, take on the whole, remember I'm Caden, uh, I'm your number one Caden. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I do, we, it's a big controversy, play the clip, Ryan. Yeah, play the so clip, we, play the clip. Bye, I'm your number one Caden, bye, I'm your number one Caden. I'm your number one Caden, I get it, I get it. Um, you want to get- This we, is his first strike. We want to get Caden uh, on the show to clarify- whether it is remember I'm Caden or I'm your number one Caden. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you're going to do a good job brainwashing him. You probably recognized this week after a week of brainwashing that he's still the facts when he listens to it. He's <laughs> like, I'm clearly saying I'm your number one Caden. You're like, no, dude, you're saying remember I'm Caden. And he's like, no, I, I'm not. You're, you then came to the epiphany that you have to delay it a week. I get it. I, uh, it's it no not at all the fact like look I'll, I'll never be able to convince Crofton that I that I haven't been coaching him but uh, I have not uh, the plan was to play the clip for him and have him and and while I'm recording him uh, he would he would state I would ask him okay like what did you say there this was a clip from you know two years ago or whatever and uh, I did not get a chance to do that I actually he wanted to uh, do a segment on the show he wanted to record. Uh, his own portion of the podcast and we haven't even done that yet it's been it has been so busy like summer hasn't even started yet i do not know how summer starts creeping into june and may when these kids aren't in college global warming and, <laughs> yes i suppose yeah but i don't think that should like it's not been warmer it's actually been cooler than warm lately but uh yeah it's just been really busy here and uh you know, Caden's been, Caden and, and Abby and Izzy, they've all just been like, it's been nonstop. So, um, but Caden is, uh, he, he was going to talk about, uh, he's got like three topics lined up for his little um, Caden's corner. Uh, one of which I think was going to be, uh, he was going to talk about his Rubik's Cube work that he's been doing. He's graduated from a three by three to a, to a, he just got a four by four Rubik's Cube. Um, he's rocking that. He's going to talk about karate. So uh, lots of cool topics. These are these issues that Caden's been uh, like kids want to hear about it. I just want to say that uh, to the listeners that Ryan originally wanted to call it Caden's karate corner with KKK, but I no. said, no dude, you can't, you can't I did do not, that. Did you not can't. want to do I, Mortal Kombat. I talked uh, him off. Is, I talked him off the ledge. 
Mortal Kombat has taken over the ability to turn uh, C's to K's, so I don't I don't really want to be sued by uh, uh, Warner Brothers. So it would be Caden's Corner with a C. So this is this is funny. I was at one point in the city I live, walking down the street, and there was a kids' uh, day camp, and they called it Crazy Kids Camp, and they used. K's in all three letters, and I said somebody's an idiot. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, as but you know, before starting, I will say it's you know also um, I, I hear what you're saying about it being busy, and I you know I feel I feel like things are pretty pretty busy, which is funny because I thought this marathon period was going to let up. It feels like since leading up to Christmas, you're doing Christmas stuff and then you're booking summer camps and then you're booking March break stuff and then summer vacation stuff. And you're, it's like a go, 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 uh, uh, period. And I just thought like we'd hit May, June and it would calm down a bit. And like, I guess it's calmed down a bit for me. I, I, I will, will say that, but it doesn't sound like it has calmed down, uh, very much for you. Before we move on uh, into the dungeons, I will say last episode at the beginning, I said, like, we won't be able to talk about T- Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It's not out yet. One thing I can promise listeners right now is that we will be talking about Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom today. So there will be a big, a big chunk of Zelda talk. And, uh, you know, for I'm assuming people are playing it now. There, if, if you are one of those people who has not, played it or is trying to um, remain uh, pure and untouched and living in a cave until you you touch it like i i think we're not going to talk a a super ton of spoilers but we are going to talk about our experiences so i would just flag that again we're going to be talking about technology ryan hot off the presses speaking of technology um I just finished watching a showcase from Sony on upcoming PlayStation games, uh, and they haven't had one of these for a while. Did you also watch it? I'm assuming yes. I did not. Uh, what? I did Who not. are you, Ryan? <laughs> I know. Uh, not that I didn't want to. I, I, I had a bit of an adventure today, so I was in the office, and as soon as I got home... Um, I, I had to go out shopping again uh, with Abby and then I got home and, and I ate dinner and then uh, I was I was informed I got a message from a co-host of mine saying they wanted to record early. So I think that was while I was watching the Spider-Man 2 trailer and that's really all I've had a chance to watch. I, if I were you, uh, I would have told uh, <laughs> Jocelyn or whoever that co-host was to walk off a pier and uh, I would have also uh, told my boss at work, I would have been like, I'm sorry, I can't do work. It's this PlayStation showcase. And I'm sure that they would have understood um, and, and given you the time necessary to to watch it. Otherwise, how are you going to get work done? You'd be so distracted. Um, but I, d- I, did wa- I did watch it. And, uh, and yeah, like, I mean, play- the Spider-Man 2 game remains this the, the game that is going to – like, cr- I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, as long-time listeners will know. Uh, I have an Xbox Series X. I don't have a PS5 this generation. I've been surviving on my PS4 Pro with zero problems up until this point. But now it really does feel like the generation saying, okay, you want to play the new Final Fantasy? You want to play the new Spider-Man? 
Like you got to have a PS5 or wait until we eventually bring it to PC. And um, after watching that showcase, I was like, I don't know. Like Spider-Man is the game. Um, all the other ones, it becomes difficult, right? Because Sony is showing the games, but they might be Xbox games as well. They might be PC games as well. Obviously, they're not going to indicate that. Like they showed a really cool Assassin's Creed Mirage trailer. I'm sure that's going to come to all the the, the things um, it's just, but they just show the PlayStation logo for it. Right. Um, but there was some stuff, including a remake of metal gear solid three, which was my personal favorite metal gear solid. Um, you know, I'm just like, Oh geez, I might be, it might be coming up on time as stock is available yeah. for Crofton to buy a PS five. So we are now officially on dungeons and diapers. Will Crofton buy a PS five watch. Uh, and we'll see how long uh, it, we'll see how long that goes. You may remember previ previous Willcroft and buys, including uh, the Steam Deck, um, the arcade machine, uh, and now the PS5. So uh, normally he caves. Let's see how long he lasts. Well, uh, you'll be happy to know that Metal Gear Solid Three, that remake, is coming to uh, Xbox as well. I think uh, from what I've been able to parse from the showcase is that the big exclusives were uh spider-man 2 and final fantasy uh 16 and i'm sure there are a couple other little ones in there that that popped up but for me uh i haven't i haven't had a chance to completely go through it but but i kind of processed it quickly just looking at like what was announced and i, I and i did get a chance to watch that spider-man 2 trailer and i and i feel like Based on what was shown of that video, uh, that is a good reason to to pick up a PlayStation 5. Like, I'm seeing stuff there that's like, okay, like, Insomniac has already released a PS5 exclusive with Ratchet & Clank. They they have, uh, you know, they've got a lot, of, a lot of development time under their belt with the system. So, like, I think uh, from what I've seen of, of those videos, it's like, okay, like, this is the next generation of Spider-Man gameplay that we've been we've been looking for it looks really really good um and i don't think uh i don't think anyone would blame you for uh having that game uh, tip the scales towards you picking up a ps5 i think it's the right time i mean sony has now like with i think god of war ragnarok that was the last uh that was the last ps4 cross-generation game that was going to happen so i uh, now's the time so, so there's this the, beyond spider-man and spider-man i kind of like i knew was going to be good there's some stuff about it that i don't like just because i don't like and it has nothing to do with the making of the game but i've seen the story of spider-man getting corrupted by the black suit in so many different mediums from comic books to animated series to movies to other video games and it's it always is like you know you see a character that you like acting like a dick and that's never super fun yeah i didn't like that this tra trailer is heavy on that and i know that that i know that there's going to be my feeling is that the game like the previous game will be divided into story arcs a little bit like there will be that we know venom is in this from the first trailer we know venom is in this game so like at one point he's going to get that costume off him and that sort of thing as well uh so maybe there'll be an arc 
before the costume, with the costume, and then following. Uh, all of that is, uh, but I understand from a gameplay perspective, it allows them to push it further to do things differently than they did in the last game. Because the reality is like, you know, they nailed it pretty hard on the last game. So what, what are you going to, you're just going to add more content, more situations, or like, what do you do to change the gameplay? And uh, I think that, you know, that we saw a couple of things in the trailer. I am very excited and, and keen for that game, but there was a couple of new surprises in there, like games that I was like, what is this game? And one, they, they tend to have like the worst names possible. Uh, and there was this one that looked no joke, Ryan, like a complete rip of a Zelda um, with, with a hand glider and everything, but mm -hmm. with insane graphics. And I was like, I was like, wow, that, and I, I'm so surprised because people don't seem to be talking about it. Um, but uh, uh, the name is, is it's Towers of Agasaba is a breath of a wild lake or, or whatever. And it looks like Breath of the Wild, except with insane PlayStation 5 graphics and, and, and like flying whales and all sorts of stuff. I'm looking at it. And if the name wasn't so horrible, I would have been like, wow, this this has got it. This is a top top thing and i'm like is it is it going to be something that i can play with the girls because this is what i think about now as well uh which games i can play with with them and there is uh a game that i was aware of uh, that they they showed again which is um that game where you're in a storybook and then you step out of the storybook uh into the sort of onto the desk it's like between these these two worlds and it is really uh cool as well again the name is escaping me here. I'm frantically searching for it, but it's a, uh, it, it looked pretty cool. Um, and uh, there was a couple of others. There was a, a Splatoon like by Square Enix, except with foam instead of ink. Um, and so like, there's a couple of things. I started looking at things now being like, can I play this with the girls or can I play this with Gwen? And um as she's, you know, uh, as she's eight, heading on nine. So uh, so there was some stuff I saw for the PlayStation. Anyway, will Crofton buy a PS5, Ryan? Who knows? I don't know. I think it's a safe bet. Uh, that's, again, that Spider-Man game, I, I, and I agree with you, um, the whole, uh, the whole, you know, infected by Venom. It'll be a, hopefully not a large part of the game, but... Um, I did. I every time, <laughs> every time Peter said something rude or did something mean uh, in front of or to Miles Morales, I was just like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I don't. I don't care how <laughs> you know. It's not good. But at least Miles. See, that was that's is a good use of Miles because at least you're not having to be the dick the whole time. You know, you can you can bounce back and forth. But, like, my feeling is, look, if they built a whole combat system or skill tree or whatever around this suit, which from the opening combat scene, it looked very much like they did, unless that was, like, a, a one of a few scripted events, which is possible, then then they're going to, like, make you have that suit for some time. I, I would think um and so anyway we'll we'll be interesting i'm 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 keen on on the game and looking forward to eventually playing it i think what's going to happen is it's <laughs> is there's probably plenty of ps5s in stock right now if i had 
forethought or foresight, I would buy one. But instead, what will happen is I won't. And then I will wait. And then Spider-Man will come out, which will be around the Christmas season. A bunch of people will buy PS5s again. There'll be no stock. And I won't be able to play it because I'll be an idiot. Let's see if my prophecy comes through. In the meantime... My, ne my next prophecy is that we are going to go down into the dungeons and I'm pretty confident that we are going to be talking about the same thing this week. Uh, and it'll be one thing, Ryan, unless you have other things in the dungeons. I have one like little th other thing that I will mention before we get into our main event. And if you have a little thing, you should mention it. And then we can, we can go uh, into uh, the main event. But... Um, my little thing was that I was looking for a Steam Deck game, and for I don't even know why, like I chose this game. I remember really enjoying it when it came out, and and then they released a definitive version of it at the beginning of the PS4 uh, generation, and so I was like, oh, you know, this is on sale. I'm gonna buy it. It feels like it would be a good Steam Deck game, even though it's listed as unsupported. Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition. Have you ever played Sleeping Dogs, Ryan? Do you remember I've, that game? Uh, I played a little bit of it. Uh, yeah. I played it to completion when it came out. I think maybe on Xbox 360 or maybe. I'm not, not sure. I didn't play the definitive version. I remember the graphics blew my mind when it came out. And it is funny how well they hold up today, particularly with the definitive edition. And maybe it's looking at the small screen, but because I've been playing in portable, um, uh, but it, 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 is, uh, it is a Grand Theft Auto-like that leans into the story, uh, but also leans into, um, you know, Hong Kong sort of action cinema, but also leans into a little bit of arcadiness. Um, and man, all the pieces of that game are so awesome, and they come together like in a way that they have no business coming together. The fighting is essentially stolen from the Arkham games, which I'll be honest, I'm a huge fan of the Arkham games fighting. I love it. It's great here. Um, and, uh, you know, you can, except in this, you know, you're, you can unlock skills where, where in Batman, it's like, it's very rhythm attack, attack, attack. And then you use, you mix it up with gadgets and stuff. And this it's very like long press will do something different than short press. Like you can get different, different, different moves. And then the, the driving has like burnout elements to it. So like you can, you can, you drive around, but you can also hit the X button in the direction and your car will do like a completely ridiculous sort of check like in hockey or like a, a <laughs> nail 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 the other cars and, and so you can knock them off and like i'm not at the point yet but i remember this like you can jump from moving car to moving car like in a pursuit force style like jumping jumping from one vehicle to another and in service of these great action sequence says so every part of the game and then the story there's a little parkour and, and climbing like you have a lot more mobility than you do in a, a gta type games your guy is a lot more athletic um and your guy while he has an edge it's a donnie brasco situation so he's an undercover cop uh and infiltrating the, the triads and you have like a cop meter and and a, a crime a, a criminal meter and and as you get in with them, it's, you know, there's some nice criminals. Obviously, you're you're tempted um, to leave the police force behind or, you know, the story is very much involving in that way. 
But in Grand Theft Auto games, you always play as a jerk, Ryan. Like you're always an asshole. And I find that exhausting. And while I love the mechanics of Grand Theft Auto games and how they play and the open world, I can't think of what the only one where I'm like, this guy is not the worst is Nico from Grand Theft Auto 4. Like you understand his his background a little bit more. He doesn't seem like the absolute worst, but every other one, it feels like you're just playing a jerk. Um, and um, and in this, you don't. You're playing like you're playing somebody who is trying to do good, somewhat. You know, like and there's enough there for me to get behind all the other shenanigans, right? Like if I was just running ext an extortion racket um, <laughs> for you know the criminal, the local criminal mastermind of the day, that would feel shitty, but doing it to get in good with them so I can take them down, that doesn't feel shitty. I'm still running an extortion racket, but it's different. Um, so anyway. You're doing it for good. I'm doing it for good. And I'm just like, as we go into Legend of Zelda, I, I will just say, because this game could not be more different. It's like mature swears, blood, like violence, all sorts of like, all sorts of stuff. Um, and, uh, but I will say that I'm playing it way more like this was like a little steam deck distraction. I thought I was installing and like, sometimes I will choose to play it instead of tears of the kingdom. And that surprises me. Like I, I I'm just, I'm absolutely flabbergasted by that. The fact that I'm so interested in it and enjoying it so much. So again, sleeping dogs, definitive edition. If you missed it, I tried playing the Yakuza games. I never really got into them that much. Even Yakuza zero, like it was all right, but, but like sleeping dogs for me is, is much more my jam. So that's a good game if, if people have missed it. So I just wanted to mention that. Do you, did you have anything that you wanted to mention that is not the legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom before we go full whole hog onto that? I, I don't like, honestly, like uh, tears of the kingdom has really been my sole focus for the last, what 12 days it's been out it feels like it's been out like not that long but it's it's already been 12 days well you mean your family's your main focus and then tears of the kingdom right uh i mean well okay like uh, <laughs> my main You're focus like... <laughs> of all my yeah. free time has been tears right. of the kingdom i really appreciate you calling me on that uh so You're i like, had a chance look, to the past get 12 days my main focus, like my core focus has been this video game and not my family or my job. My free Just time. So, so my free time. So, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's say that. Let's say that again all together now. My free time has been totally focused on Tears of the Kingdom. Just as in a funny aside, like the day that Tears came out, on the Friday that it came out, Clara was sick. She had vomited. Um, like you and I were doing a show and she she essentially was was yeah sick, you had to jet like, yeah right right afterwards right and uh, she was yeah so um then tears of the kingdom came out the next day she had to stay home and you know she was high energy or whatever and so like i took the day to take care of her but i guarantee you like i can't prove this for sure but my boss there's no way they believe me you know, like there's no way they're like, uh, they're like, oh, so you had to take the day Zelda came. You called in sick or, or called in like your family is sick the day Zelda came out. Hey, eh? oh, that's very coincidental. Very, very easy for you, Crofton. And I'm like, but I did not play Zelda all day, like until the evening, um, you know, once the kids were in bed or whatever it was. 
or no, I played it with them first and then then afterwards by myself. But the reality is that that like I wouldn't have trusted me either. I think it's I, I think it's in, um I think it's really cool that you have uh you have folks at work that that would be able to look at the date and say, Oh, it's Zelda Day because uh <laughs> video games just are not even a thing <laughs> at our office. Like I, I look, it they just might not come up uh, uh or, or come up and they just don't come up in conversation. So honestly I just wouldn't know uh, outside of asking like every manager and, and uh and director like, hey, do you play video games? Which would be totally cool, but it just hasn't come up. I have a giant arcade machine behind me. I know you I'm have talking. a talking piece behind you for sure. <laughs> so, so people are like, but also Zelda is is exists in this different plane of um, everybody's talking about it. It's, there's news articles on regular websites, um, and you know it, it feels like. Uh, People even who just want to relate to you and be like, "Oh yeah, you 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 much like video games." So what do you think about that uh, new Zelda game? You know, like it's it really does feel like a, yeah. t- a piece that people were aware of. But yeah, no, I'm jo- I'm somewhat joking. Uh, I I don't necessarily think that they would have put two and two together. But that's what I was thinking. It's like you know, the the day that a big sporting event is on or a, or a big movie is coming out or whatever, and then somebody's oh, I, I'm feeling under the weather today, boss, you know. Yeah, like when I remember, uh, I do remember like uh, not my current manager, but but previous managers, um, I I remember taking, I remember like, oh, I'm going to take Friday off. And they'd be like, oh, you're going to take it for a video game? And I think at first I was like, uh, yeah. But then after that, I just say like, hey, there's a new video game coming out and I'm taking the day off. And and. And, and I, I, it wasn't like in the, I didn't put it in the leave request, but I would, I would tell my boss like, yep, that's what I'm doing, you know? And, uh, these days I don't do it as much. Cause I, uh, I find like I'm, I'm, a, I'm confident in waiting to, to play the game. But, uh, I remember previously, you know, I would, I would tell my boss like, no, I'm taking the day off to play a video game. Like just own, I just own it because like, honestly, like I don't care because it's my time. I'm going to take it and play. I would own it if I was going to do that. Yeah, right? of course. Your your uh, child I, I, was sick for sure. Uh, I'm just, I'm just like, you know, I, I had a sick kid that day. Yeah. yeah j- just um, before talking about the game itself, and I really do want to hear your thoughts on uh, on it, I, I just will say that uh, what I've been struggling, not struggling with, but what has been interesting to me um, is so the girls have both really, we were sort of playing this Kirby game before this game game came out. And we got into this thing where I would play the, Gwen was Kirby, I was the backup player. And my youngest daughter was the detective, we called. Like, she would, she wasn't, wasn't playing. She would just sit and watch, but, like, say, oh, there's a secret here or a secret there. Like, she would like to participate, right, which was awesome. And when Zelda came out, she was actually excited, even my youngest, to be like, let's all play this together. And so we have been. We started the game, and we started playing it. And Gwen doesn't really want to play it because she's nervous about enemies and combat and all of that sort of stuff. So it's kind of great because I still very much enjoy playing. So I'm the main player. But they like Gwen likes building and cooking. Uh, and so when we get to a cook pot, I pass the thing. When we have to build something, I'll often pass the thing. And Clara will spot like 
things, you know, and she's getting used to the language of Zelda. She doesn't know what's important and what's not to spot. She's getting better at it, and um, it's really fun. So we've been playing the game together, uh, but then Gwen was like, I don't want you to start your own game, Daddy. And I was like, why not? And she's like, I don't want you to, pa- I don't want you to pass where we are. Uh, and I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and I said, but I, but Gwen, I want to play this game too. And she said, well, you are playing the game. You're the main guy playing the game. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I guess that's, I guess that's true. And so, so, uh, uh, she's like, just let us get the compromise that she proposed was just let us get further in the game. And once you do that, uh, then you can start your own game. And that way I won't be worried about you passing us. Right. So that seemed like a great compromise. So of course I didn't do that. She went to bed and I started my own game right away um, uh, because I desperately have no willpower and wanted to play uh, more of Zelda. But so I did the entire opening area, which in this game is called the Sky Great Sky Island. I did that. We had just completed that. And then I did it again. And then I was so tired by the time, I because it's actually very long. By the time it was done, I was just able to do it. And then I quit. And so what's been funny about my experience with Tears of the Kingdom is that essentially that has been it. Whereas... I will play my game with the girls. We will do something or get somewhere. And then in that evening, I will play that exact same section again um, in my game. So I'm playing the game essentially twice. And, and now I just finished the first temple with the girls today. And I'm pretty far behind in my personal game. Like, cause I'm trying to explore a little bit more of my personal game to diff- like to, to do things that I didn't do four hours earlier that same day with the girls, you know? Um, I'm like, okay, like we just went down the road. I'm going to go off in a couple of directions. So I would just say my experience has been very interesting because I've been playing this game twice simultaneously, which is something that I've never done uh, before. And I, you know, in a game where you can go in any direction, I'm going in the exact same direction as I was with the girls. So anyway, that's my experience. Um, I've played a lot of this game, but I, but it, with the asterisks that it's the same content twice. Um, Ryan, how much have you played? Uh, yeah, I've played uh, quite a bit. Um, as I said, I've I've been sort of sinking all my free time into it, uh, not really playing anything else or uh, really watching uh, any television or movies. So I usually, I think like the only thing I, I've kind of watched between, uh, like the only thing I did outside of Tears of the Kingdom for for downtime was I, I i ended up having to watch a an episode of fear the walking dead for for my zombie podcast so like it's really been the focus uh we even took a week off gamers in to to have an additional week of time to do our first impressions uh on the game so i am and you know we'll keep it we'll, we're gonna keep it spoiler free but as as crofton said obviously uh if you are looking to be completely free of any thoughts or feelings or uh or gameplay impressions like yes you'll want to skip ahead um the times will be marked in the show notes but like really i also understand that it sounds like crofton you're not very far um have you done any of the temples that have been sort of pointed at in the game or have you gotten to a temple i just completed today as i mentioned there the um the 
my first temple with the girls in the girl in the girls game where we're further along the wind temple um i finished that i just finished that one and i will say where i am in the game is i legitimately just finished it like we we saw the cinematic and the the rewards and everything and then i was like okay we got to stop playing we got to stop playing that so that's like exactly where i am in the game um now it, for those who have played uh, breath of the wild it works in the same framework of like they provide after doing the introductory stuff they provide like four kind of major areas in which you can go but they kind of like shepherd you towards one like in breath of the wild ryan i remember like they they say there's these four divine beasts and they're like you should go to the you should go to the 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 what is it? The Zora, the water one. Like, I feel like everybody does the Zora one first that, that they're really kind of like push you in that direction. Um, and here it's even more very heavy handed. Like you talk to everyone and they're talking about what's going on in the Rito village, the bird people. Um, and so that's, that's like, you just feel like, okay, that's where, where the game is suggesting strongly that I go. And honestly, there's a couple of things that happened on the way to that village that I'm like, if you didn't go there first, that I would say that, you know, you would probably be, unless the game is redesigned to, to account for some of the, the things, if you go in a different direction, then I, I would say you should go to the Rito village first. Um, and so, yeah, I did, I've done that one. I've done that one temple, Ryan. That's it. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, in Breath of the Wild, if they are pushing you towards the, the water temple, uh, it is specifically to give you a power that will give you a, a, a leg up uh, in your game plan. I believe Breath of the Wild, the water power was like a revival. Like if you lost all your hearts, you would come back um, to life as long as you had, uh, I think it was Mitha's blessing or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I, I, I found though that in my time with breath of the wild, the wind, uh, divine beast was, was the best. Cause it would allow you to like basically shoot up into the air. Um, right. Which was I a super, that. super useful power. And I miss it yeah. dearly. Although there are many, many, many ways. Well, there are more than one way to, uh, shoot yourself up into the air with, uh, with tears of the kingdom. Um, uh, including like some, you know, the, the towers you, you can shoot yourself out of, uh, that you can fast travel to that kind of offer you that ability to just like, I need to get up in the air and, and go to a place. And, uh, there's a very high focus in tears of the kingdom of like, from, you know, not only does the sky have like a whole new layer, add a whole new layer to the map, being in the sky allows you to, uh, basically traverse the world a lot better and see from, from the sky of where you, where you want to go next. And, and the shrines are very clearly when they're out in the open, you can see them uh, from, from up in the sky. But uh, I, I have finished uh, three temples and to the point where I, I kind of have uh, mainlined a bit of the main story. It feels like the, the temples are like breath of the wild. They're the, they're the, the big pieces of content leading to the story's conclusion i'll say like um i don't know that for a fact i've only like i said i've only finished three i have no idea what comes after i'm going in blind i'm trying to remain spoiler free and i've done so uh well so far um but like i i'm at a point where i've done three and i'm realizing i waited like six years for this game like we never get a sequel so now that i've done the initial impressions on gamers in i am like I'm finding I'm like, okay, no, I'm going to go do some 
side quests that very much have to do with the current mystery of what's going on in the game. And I'm just going to explore a little bit because here's the thing. Even though Tears of the Kingdom uses the same uh, Breath of the Wild overworld, they have done a lot, and it could be a combination of not having played Breath of the Wild for seven years, but they've done a lot of work to make this world feel new, even though in the back of your mind you know it's the Breath of the Wild map. But they've also like incorporated the sky as well as the depths, which is a, a whole new area that they've developed. Um for two new whole new areas. The Sky Islands don't feel as substantial like as you're finding them. They're more like smaller pieces of uh to explore, but the depths um are quite expansive, like quite large. I haven't delved into them as much as I uh feel like I should have considering how far I am into the game, but the game does not push you in specific directions as Crofton as you said, it really only takes your hand and points you in a, in one direction towards Rito village. Like that one time after that, it's like, no, you, you do you link go to town. Yeah. yeah. Do what you got to do. It, I, I, um, I haven't been down to the depths too much, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there is what I consider almost a third air, a third extra area, like beyond the, the map, which is, they, they use as a lore explainer saying like, okay, there's been the shifting in the landscape with the sky islands and the depths and all of this, the upheaval is what they call it. And, and because of the upheaval, there is now a bunch of caves and wells and all sorts of stuff in the map. So you have this underground that is the depths that is deep underground. Like if you go in a hole that's in the depths, you are like parachuting down deep, deep, deep. And it's so dark that you need, to light your way but then there's more uh, traditional caves and it is very interesting uh, because it, it makes me realize that while there was traditional caves and and such in breath of the wild the sheer amount that they have in this game um and there's i i met this lady recently that's documenting the wells of hyrule and uh, she says that there's 58 or something wells in Hyrule. And each well has like a cave thing underneath and, and different stuff. And they're all they're all kind of different. And it's just like this is all this. So what they do to, to create that content is they take an existing part of the map that you may remember from Breath of the Wild. And then they dig it out. And they're like, now there's a cave in here or whatever. And there's so much of this um, beyond the, the depths, uh, beyond the and, – and like there's – I would say there's more – like in well maybe Grand Great Sky Island aside, maybe there's more in the caves than almost there is in the sky, and the sky is getting all, all all this attention. People aren't necessarily drawing attention to the fact that all these caves are are new. I've spent a lot of time in caves, especially in my game. Like I'm I I keep finding them or going through them. A lot of shrines are hidden actually in the caves, um, and the shrines are the shrines are back. Ryan, what I was concerned about with this game. And I think I mentioned it on the show. Looking at the trailers was the building. Uh, I hate building in games. Um, it's in crafting, like it, it's not of appeal to me. And it feels like that they lean really heavy in this, especially with these new abilities. But I'm pleasantly surprised. A, it controls pretty well. 
goes together well. The girls love it. Like Gwen loves like experimenting and like I can leave her to to build stuff and she'll just have a fun time with it. And, and also it doesn't compromise that sense of adventure and exploration that Breath of the Wild has. You're still going on this world-saving adventure. You're still discovering all these places, you know, like, yes, it can get Looney Tunesy with like you build this rickety contraption, but you can also kind of shy away from some of that. The only thing that I find that you can't shy away from that really takes me out in terms of immersiveness is the fuse ability, which is the ability that allows you to connect anything to your weapons to connect anything to your arrows and it, it it is in theory it's cool but in practice it looks ridiculous like your character is running around he's got a sword on his back with a giant snowball at the end he's got a shield with a bat wing sticking off it he just looks like a giant goof and i have to say that like for all the for all the coolness that comes out of that the um the immersion breaking that it provides the goofiness kind of takes away from it too what did you feel about the new powers yeah i know uh i was gonna bring that up about how you were originally kind of worried about uh the 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 crafting the building type stuff and and i i I was sort of in the same uh boat as to like not not too sure of how that would go and and i i was happy to hear in reviews that it's like you you can you can engage with it as much as you want um i i think the building actually has been the the most pleasant surprise because uh you don't feel punished for building really not so great contraptions um the contraptions you have to build the the crafting that you're building uh, are usually very simple sort of mechanics, you know, um, and 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 they they feed you the new items uh, over the course of of the game as you explore, and it feels like they deliberately like they did a lot of work to make sure that the way they're they're handing out these uh, these zonai uh, things, it just feels very deliberate, so that you're not overwhelmed. Like, yes, at the start of the game, you are fusing, uh, you are crafting uh, like a floating raft with some logs and then um, a sail. And everything just happens to be around. Like, you can get these like Zonai capsules that are these Zonai items uh, that you can drop and and use to craft uh, whatever you want, wherever you are. But in terms of gameplay requirements, to solve a puzzle the pieces you need are always there and and it feels organic in a way of like either you're in the sky and like that's where the zonai are from so the equipment's just there or you're on the ground and there's like zonai items scattered around but you always have at your disposal what you need to solve that puzzle and it's very obvious of like if you're if you're paying attention it's obvious of like oh this specific puzzle like one puzzle i had was uh there was a, a wagon someone's wagon was stuck in like a a giant uh, uh a pit and of course surrounding within the pit is like a couple of hot air balloons like a flame emitter and uh some various other structures to sort of uh, uh attach it all to this wagon so very clearly the game like, oh, it wants me to raise the wagon out of the pit using these items and and they're all there for you. 
and and the way the physics engines uh, all works together, like I feel like I'm not battling the system, which is the other part that I was a little worried about. Is like, okay, is this going to be implemented in a way where I'm going to be battling the system? And I never felt like that when I'm crafting. I always feel like the system is fair. It's designed in a way that uh, that I'm not being punished if I don't do it exactly like Nintendo wants me to. Like you, you have a lot of control here, and it makes total sense that the stories out there about how the game was complete last March, but they spent a year just bug fixing and polishing, and it shows because like there are designers on Twitter that I'm seeing being retweeted is like, how is this game even possible? There's so many ways that this stuff interacts together. It takes what you did with Breath of the Wild in terms of how the systems interacted and just runs with it. Like, it's crazy. It's so cool. What what uh, What's interesting is like, you know, and you see a lot of these sort of reverse assessments of Breath of the Wild following this new game because it's like, you know, Breath of the Wild on the top of many people's favorite game of all time or top video games of all time. And then you have a game that kind of takes it as a template and then builds on it and, and, and expands on it further, uh, looks at people how people are playing it and, 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 and does neat things with it. One thing I find that this game has made me think about is how crappy the powers are in Breath of the Wild. Because I, I was like, like it, it previous to Breath of the Wild, you have to remember that like the way Zelda worked was that it was items. You would get these items. You would get one in a dungeon. The dungeon would be crafted around that item that you'd only get about halfway through. And then it would, you know, all the puzzles would be where Breath of the Wild turned that on its head and said, okay, like we're giving you all the powers on the onset. And like, like when you think about the powers, like one of them is to make an ice block. Like, like, th- like that's your, don't get me wrong. The designers in Nintendo are amazing. They did great puzzles with that. They did all sorts of neat things. Um, you know, uh, I remember some of them other, uh, another one was like, uh, was bombs, you know, like bombs that are like an item in Zelda's that you can, you've always had. Now they're one of your powers. It's like you can make a square bomb or a circle bomb. And it's just, it's just funny to look back. Like there were some things like the, the magnesis with magnets. That was kind of interesting. But then Ultra Hand completely has all that and then some in the next level. And then there was the pausing, the stasis, whatever. That was kind of neat. But the rewind is that to the next level or whatever. So it just makes you look back at Breath of the Wild and be like, well, you know, those were kind of crabby in comparison to these ones, which seem like like every one of these powers is is a banger. Like the Ascend one where you jump through the roof. I love that so much. It it turns everything on its ear. You're th- you start thinking in like you know, in a, in a different way, like in a vertical way, you're like, okay, so am I below, what am I below now? Or what's up here? Am I going to jump through the ceiling now? Like, it's like a different exit that you have to every room, one that you might not consider and that you have to start considering. Um, you know, the, the rewind time is probably the one that I've used the least, but I know that you can do the most with because they, They've made it that you can even rewind time on the items that you yourself move. So you could move something and then rewind time on it. And, and the way that you can break the game with that, like I'm sure there's people like 
well, well more talented in this stuff than I am that are just going to go, go to town with it. Uh, so it does to your point about like people who are like, how does this seem possible? There is a level of that. Cause part of me is like, well, it's like, you know, goat simulator, all of these games where you can just like create chaos and do all these things or like Gary's mod where you're like throwing in bits and pieces in the whole kitchen sink. But it's done with this insane level of Nintendo polish and within a world that works in a story that works without breaking the whole thing. I, it, it does feel like this should not be possible. Right. Um, and, you know, watching the Sony state of play, it's all these great games. They have all these fantastic graphics. But then I look at them and I think to myself, like, you know, I'm going to love Spider-Man, but Spider-Man is going to be a heavily scripted environment. I'm going to have some freedom in certain spaces, but it's not like this game where I can just do whatever, whenever, with whatever, you know, like and all these magical, magical powers that just don't seem to get old. So there is something really crazy about all that. So I'm also really enjoying it. Yeah, but but I totally understand like the fuse and the weapon stuff, like while I, I really enjoy it and I find it to be a fun way to like continue to mix up the way Zelda treats weapons. Like it's, it's just, it, it is very creative, but you're right. It's a bit immersion breaking. There's a reason on the key art, uh, Zelda or Zelda <laughs> link doesn't have uh, a rock fused to the end of his sword, you know, or a bomb stuck to his shield in the key art. Like it is very traditional, <laughs> uh zelda it would be really funny if you buy this uh you get the collector's edition and it comes with this big poster and it's link like standing on a mountain looking into the horizon <laughs> and his shield's got a fish stuck to it you know like an actual fish not you know like it's it it, it is it does seem ridiculous and that's the thing you can stick anything to anything and there's a lore reason for why all the weapons suck. But the reality is that you pretty much can't use a weapon unless it's fused to something. Like if you do, they're really, they're really bad. They're essentially intended to always be fused to something. Um, and uh, and like all of them, like I'll find weapons that I know from Breath of the Wild. And I will I played Breath of the Wild last year. So I actually remember what their stats were. Like there's a number of attack power. And I'll be like, wow, this is like a third of what it was last time. Because they intend you to fuse it to something, you know. Um, and, uh, and the few, like look, it's again, it's insane. Because the, the, I keep expecting the game's going to tell me, no, you cannot fuse a fish to your sword. You know, like. Um, like I keep, I keep thinking the game is going to tell me no, but it never does. It's always like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. It's going to look stupid, but enjoy. Um, and I think the idea with the fuse was that like, you know, when he showed the demo and you fuse the eyeball to your arrow and it turns into a homing arrow, that's amazing. You fuse a fire plant to your, to your arrow, it turns into a fire arrow. That's great. But then <laughs> you, do, you use a fish to your arrow, you shoot it, it's just a fish arrow. It does nothing. And most of them are like that. Most of the fuses are useless. And that you find the few that are good, and then you go back to them. Yes, fusing a bomb to your arrow is sweet, obviously, you know. Yeah. Fusing something else to your arrow is not as, you know, like any mushroom for the most part, you're going to shoot <laughs> it. Oh, it's a, it's a mushroom arrow. Wow. You know, like it's um so... So I, I do think that there's – it is really cool in it that it, they've 
I think it's going to allow for a lot of funny and fun stuff after you finish the game and you just want to exist in the world and use it as a creative sandbox. I am wondering, Ryan, like, I don't know that this exists. I am kind of hoping it exists. I'm wondering if you found something like this. Is there like um, a maker space somewhere in Hyrule? Like, I know you walk around and there's these like uh, rebuilding stations and this joker that keeps trying to set up his sign. Um, <laughs> and, and like, the, and you can, and there's a few things in there. Normally there's a few wheels, a couple of planks, whatever, whatever. Right. Right. But like, I, I keep expecting that there at one point, there's going to be like a giant area that has got just tons of stuff that you can just go like, like there, you know, go crazy in and then when you do finish the game and you've done the story or whatever there'll be tons of people that just want to build stuff and and goof off and that there would be a place that you would do that mostly have you found such a place yet does it exist i i i haven't come across anything like that uh to be honest like a lot of the way the crafting materials are set up as i said very curated um if you if you uh, if you are presented with a problem and uh, you know crafting is going to uh, or building is going to solve it, the pieces are are there for you. You can you know add additional pieces based on your inventory if you wish to. But Nintendo has really gone another way to make it like there's a there is a puzzle here. The solution is around you. The pieces are there for you. But in terms of like a hey, all the pieces are here build whatever you want. Uh, I haven't come across that, but it would be cool to find an area like that where it's just like, I, I imagine I picture like, a, you know, sometimes when you go to like a, like a garden center and they have those like uh, cement block setups and, and then each of those in each of those little, you know, sections they've built with those cement blocks is like a different pile of dirt or, or, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of another thing you would use for gardening and I'm, I'm sp- mulch. There's different colors of mulch in there. And, and it's, I imagine like they have that set up and uh, what you're describing. And it's just, it's just this big arena. And in each of one of those sections is just a pile of one specific part and you have access to everything. I mean, it would be very cool. Uh, they do have the dispensers around the world that you can, I usually feed uh, like three or four, uh, rounds of uh, of of materials into and and kind of stock up uh, on whatever four or five materials or, or zoni equipment that are being offered there, just so I have like you know one of everything on hand in case I want to build something. But yeah, it would be very neat to have like sort of a like an area that is just meant to build. You know, I could see them adding it in an update like maybe something down the road. It seems like a, a good piece of feedback for them to hear and, and build in as a, like a fun free update or something. It just seems otherwise like that you, you know, like you've got to find all the pieces and bring them together. I get, I get that it's like there's set puzzles and there's stuff in the world and to help you. And, but there's people at one point that are just going to be done with it and just be like, I want to build stuff and do crazy things. Um, you know, so uh, it it is it is very much. It does feel like the sky is the limit. Pun totally intended. Uh, but but I I do think like um, Ryan, it's still early for me to to throw any sort of uh, um, 
overall review feelings on the game in other than saying um, that when I compare it to Breath of the Wild, the way I felt when I played Breath of the Wild and how I felt at that time, um, the, this game it, is it's more Breath of the Wild, and there's it, I'm absolutely floored by some of these systems and abilities, but it is not you know amazing me to the extent that Breath of the Wild did when it came out because again it's been six years since that game and everything that's in that game is in this game and it's crazy to me that they aside from the four lame powers from last game they they haven't changed anything uh they haven't taken anything out and you think that they would they add all this stuff that like you know that the little things that you know the some of the the horse capturing or or whatever, or the, uh, you know, like the even, even stuff like cooking or what that were foundational parts of the design theory of last game that maybe they would shift or they would revisit them even down to the micro, like of the, 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 the evil group that attacks you, um, out of nowhere, like the, uh, there's just every, all, everything that's in breath of the wild is in this game. And, um, then they have all this other stuff that is also in this game. Yeah, and I and I start thinking like, oh man, are we at a, are we at a point that like like if somebody was like, hey, should I play Tears of the Kingdom? I didn't play Breath of the Wild. I'd say no, play Breath of the Wild. Like that's what I would say. And the feeling that Breath of the Wild gives me, like the swell of the music, the spirit of adventure that that game gives me, while its DNA is in this game, it feels slightly different to me. And um, to the point that I'm like, it feels like, okay, you've, you've got your fill of adventure. You've done all this stuff. You've seen this world. Now let's blow it up and let, let's go crazy and let's go high in the sky and deep under the earth and make all sorts of crazy things. Look, I love that. But if people are like, does this game replace Breath of the Wild? Do Is this now the best game of all time? Uh, you know, I think for me that's a complicated question. Again, I'm I'm still very early on in into this, but I sort of think, and you know, I I, I sort of think it doesn't for the reasons that I mentioned. Breath of the Wild being the first, Breath of the Wild having that natural sense of adventure. Uh, but like in ten years from now, when these games have both been out for a really long time, like I don't know how a gamer from the future is going to look back at these things. If somebody's going to be like, "Oh yeah, don't even bother with the just just play the Tears of the Kingdom game. Don't even bother with the other one," you know, like maybe maybe that's what will happen. Kind of makes me sad, but I could see it. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is very much a direct sequel, and it, Nintendo doesn't often do this. Uh, where they will they will very much, you know, when they start a new Mario game, they start from scratch, you know, all new mechanics. There's obviously like the base, uh, the base Mario stuff that needs to be in there, like the the move set and, you know, the, the the voice acting and stuff. But like they do that with Zelda, too, where they they have these traditions that they carry forward. But for the most part, like they add something new, they tell a different, you know, they tell a a new take on the same story uh you know they bring back the same powers and all that and they've done what they've done here with tears of the kingdom is basically said like okay this is a direct continuation of breath of the wild so by that logic like a lot of the same mechanics carry forward 
uh, the way you gain hearts and stamina upgrades, uh, you know, the shrines, you know, it's all going to feel very familiar, but like those core additions with those, those four or five new powers, it's like, it's, it, they are game changers and they kind of, yeah, you're right. They put the, the breath of the wild powers kind of like to shame, you know, um, but they are very powerful. Like they're very powerful. The, the ascend ability, which you will forget you have like every 30 minutes while you're playing the game because it feels like a developer cheat code, which is how it started out. Like they said, like we only implemented it because we needed a way to like get unstuck from the caves we were building. And they just decided, wait, this is a cool power. Let's include it. And you will often forget you have it because games usually don't give you that organic control over your ability to just like nope the hell out of a cave. You know, you could explore this cave, this underground, and then be like, oh, I've hit I've hit the end. Uh, well, ascend, I'm out, and I'm off on my adventure. And obviously that's like one use. The more practical use is to use it to for for puzzle solving and, and platforming. And I, I love it. It's so cool to be able to have that kind of control because it is so rare for developers to give you that control because it breaks puzzles your ability to like shoot through the ceiling above you completely changes the game well yeah you have to as a developer bear in mind that the player has that agency in every room or every place in the in game and luckily you know, Zelda games traditionally don't have a ton of interior environments, but as I mentioned, with all these caves, they suddenly do, right? So you're often shooting out of these caves. I just did a temple, um, and I found, like, you know, little ways that you can cheese things or you can figure stuff out by by using Ascend and getting up on top of something and then, you know, floating to uh, the next destination. Again, they've taken, they've taken nothing out uh, of this game, like, in a lightning storm, you have a metal sword on your back. You're still going to get hit by lightning just like you were in Breath of the Wild. And everybody was amazed by the physics back then, you know. All, 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 you climb something that's wet, you're going to slip down. Like all of that's here. They've, they've, they've carved off nothing. Um, and so for me, it's, it, it is if you enjoy Breath of the Wild, you're going to enjoy this. If you didn't enjoy Breath of the Wild or bounced off it, there's a chance that you 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 will stick with this one because of the nature of those powers, like that it will it will do more for you. The other the other thing is this game comes out after Elden Ring, which is the only game that I can think of that that really took a, a big chunk of what Breath of the Wild was laying down and said, like, okay. Let's do this, but for this other type of game or this other, yeah, and um, and, and you know, it was the talk of last year when all the game of the years, uh, last year, and then this year, I mean, clearly, this is going to be a, a front one or if not a lock already. And I just wonder if this type of game where you have the world and then you explore it and there's it's not littered by, by icons, you're kind of like laying things down and. I I it's I wonder if that's like this is the the pulse of what gamers want now. Um so I'll be curious to see what 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 games come out of this moving forward. I also feel like I'm gonna be playing this like it, it boggles my mind, Ryan, that you are you've done three temples because like I like we just did the wind temple, which again is in the Rito village. 
I have barely explored the Hebra Mountains, which I loved exploring in Breath of the Wild. I would snow, you could snowboard in Breath of the Wild. You're snowboarding down them. There's, uh, there's, uh, you know, lionels that are hidden around. There's all sorts of stuff. And like, because the temple takes place in the sky area above the mountains in this, you don't even like you, yeah, you go up in the mountains a little bit, you go through a cave, you meet some people and then you're up into the sky and you're doing all sorts of stuff. I haven't explored any of the mountains. So to just leave now would be like, okay, when will I be coming back here? I know they've crafted everything. They've hidden Koroks everywhere. There's probably caves littered throughout. There's all sorts of stuff to find. Like, you know, obviously, like, I feel like when I unlock one of those towers, because there's still towers in the game, they're more fun this time around, but they're still there, where you unlock chunks of the map. You know, when I unlock a chunk of the map, I don't feel like I have to exhaust it, but I feel like I kind of have to see the main things in that section before I go to another part of the map. I don't know if that's a healthy way of looking at these things, but it definitely makes me move slower through it. No, uh, you, you're right. And like I said, I, I feel like... Uh, I feel like I'm at a moment where I'm like, okay, I've unlocked some of the powers. I'm feeling a lot more powerful. I'm understanding the game a lot more. Now's my time to go explore because you're right. I did the Rita village and I, I was like, okay, I'm done. I guess I'll go to the next area. And I, I think because of the way the world is structured, there is so much to explore. Uh, but the way that they offer you the ability to kind of like shoot up into the air with the towers and kind of go in whatever direction you want or explore the the islands that are zipping past your head as you're you're flying into the sky um it, it's easy to forget that there's a lot of cool stuff on the ground too like i've discovered stuff that i've like oh i gotta come back to that and i just haven't yet um so i i i am going to be spending a lot more time exploring now that i've got three of the four powers um from the temples and uh that's true the the powers um because i just got that first power and like so just to differentiate for listeners so uh you know you have your superpowers that you get right at the beginning but like if you've played breath of the wall you may remember that whenever you would you know do one of the divine beasts you got like a littler power ryan explained one earlier the healing one when you would die mephis grace or whatever uh, but there was in Ravali's wind that would shoot you up in the sky like they were powers that were um they didn't necessarily really allow you to cheat puzzles or to to circumvent things but they were significant quality of life things um i just got one of them for the wind temple uh, and, uh, and it is, it does make me think like, oh yes, maybe there's method to Ryan's madness. You, you, you go through, go to the temples, get like these powers, which may make your life easier in some way, shape or form, uh, and then go out and explore because it is true until I do those temples, I'm not going to get those powers. And I remember in breath of the wild in particular, I think it was the one you mentioned, Ryan, the Reval the Revali scale, the one that shoots you up. Is, is it the Rito or the Gerudo that you go to last by if I think it's the Gerudo, I think that it is the Gerudo that you you're kind of shepherded to last in, in, um, in breath of the wild like again there's no wrong way you could go there first if you wanted to but i think they were the one i did last so like i i don't even remember the power i got from the gerudo um in breath of the wild because i think i had it for so little before i rolled credits on that game like yeah. i remember the goron was like a shield in breath yeah. of the wild 
And I remember that Mephis Grace, as you mentioned, the healing, and I, and I remember the Rivali's Gale, which was shot you up in the air, which I remember being really useful. I don't even remember what the Gerudo one was. Um, gosh, Probably I think it might have been like wind tunnel things, no, like uh, maybe it was like tornadoes I, you could shoot. I feel I feel like it was an attack strength thing or like something oh, to do with maybe because because yeah. they were the attackers or whatever the Gorons or the defenders or like. You know, I think it was some something like that. But I, I just all told, like, I can see the appeal of like doing the temple so that you get those powers. You know, um, uh, you know, I would tell somebody who's playing Breath of the Wild, yeah, you might want to, you might want to think about doing that bird one so you get that power early. You know, yeah, or early, early enough because it will help you explore a lot better. It is funny, Ryan, that you reminded me of that power because today we were doing the wind temple and we're going up and I just felt like there was something in the back of my mind being like, I know there's a way to shoot up because ascend essentially lets you do that in interior environments. Like you don't have to be able to touch the ceiling. Your guy will just like shoot up inside and like you can, you can go quite high, but I was, I, in my brain, I'm like, there's a way of doing this outside of just like shooting up into the air I, I just I don't remember what it is, but now now that you say it, I'm like, oh wait, no, it was a power, and we don't have that power. So there are little powers that you don't have in this that you had in the previous game. Yeah, yeah, and um, like the first one, uh, I think Rivali's power in the first one is the most useful, and it is nice in Tears of the Kingdom that they push you towards the Rito Village Temple first because that is, I'll say, the most useful uh, traversal related power. So I mean that makes yeah. sense to me too. We won't say what it is, but it is a uh, it it is a traversal related power. And again, the fact that that power exists but doesn't like it, it it's another one of these tools that you could potentially mess with the game with, right? Um and they just let you. They're like, "All right, you know, go to go to town." So anyway, uh we will like my guess Ryan is so we record every 2 weeks. My guess is we're going to sit down uh, I will be like have done like maybe one other temple or two other temple. I will have I will be deep into this game. I will have only played this game, and you will be on seven other games. Like you'll be like, oh, you're still playing Tears of the Kingdom. I'm 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 on Jedi Survivor, whatever, whatever, and I've rolled credits on three other things. I'm just joking. You could still be playing Tears of the Kingdom. I likely I don't will know. be honestly. Like even Diablo Four coming out, I'm not even tempted at all by that one. Like I, I, I am still very much enjoying my time with Tears of the Kingdom, and I know I have a lot more to go, and and that's where I think my brain is like, I need to stop doing the temples because I don't want to quote unquote finish the story, because I will use that as a reason to go to something else, and I don't want to stop playing because I want to keep. I, I'm. It's still fresh. I'm still enjoying it, and I'm still discovering new things like i've got like a list in the back of my head of things i i want to go do in tears of the kingdom um so it's it's very much yeah what's what's killing me a little bit it, or not killing me but like i could see myself fade off of it is like already like i'm in this situation now where like say so say we we're done podcasting tonight and i'm like well i go play my tears of the kingdom game, which is now significantly behind where I am with the girls. Like I just finished that temple with the girls in their game. I haven't even got to the retail village in my game. When I get there, 
I'm going to have to do like, there, you know, there's a lot to get to the temple. There's a lot of whatever. Um, and so I'm repeating beats that I played yesterday or the day before or what, what have you. Uh, and I can see that wearing thin. Um, so I may actually, and that's why I led with sleeping dogs. I may end up like being like, well, I'm going to play sleeping dogs when it's just me and play Zelda with the girls until there's a, a big enough gap between us where I feel, you know, interested in replaying the same beats um, in my game. So it is, it is interesting. It's the first time as a parent I've, I've been in a situation where it's like, I have to kind of restrain myself because of my kids wanting to play the game with, with me, but it is magical, right? Like I got one kid who is, fully invested in the game and the other kid who loves like helping bit and in certain pieces she loves like whenever it's the blood moon rises she loves that the little my youngest clara who's who's five but now clara like she'll watch us and then she'll run to her workshop and and cut cut out like different items to bring me she's like what do you need daddy i'm like i need the master sword and she'll go and she'll cut out a little sword or she'll, she'll draw a little scribble that she says is stored and cut it out. I have all these papers next to me while I'm playing. So she's still engaged, but she's not watching minute to minute, but it is so precious. Like the time spent and Nintendo really delivers that like nobody else, like the, these whole family experiences um, that we're, we're all on board for. Right. And uh, when the monster came out, the boss, of the uh, this temple I just fought, like they were both on the edge of their seats watching the battle take place, right? And uh, it's very cool. Like that's very cool. So I am going to enjoy this as as long as it lasts, as long as we're all on board uh, for it. So yeah, great uh, great game, and I'm sure not the last time we will talk about it, Ryan. Indeed. Next on the docket, as promised, is our second episode devoted to a particular topic. And this time, Ryan brings us the topic. Ryan, would you like to explain what we are going to be discussing today? Yeah, so we're going to be talking about technology. And I know folks at home are saying, wow, that is super broad. And yes, it is a broad topic. Uh, and could lead into many other topics uh, and then could inspire, I don't know, some listener feedback for a future topic. Um, so but technology in terms of, you know, uh, in terms of the diapers sort of section of the show, like when it comes to technology and your kids, technology and your family and our experiences with technology, because I feel like once we had kids, once we have that family unit, like technology kind of shifts and evolves uh as our as our families grow right so you know when you when you and i had babies like technology was not together not to no but technology used uh, you know when you're when you're first starting your family um is very different from when you're you have toddlers and and elementary kids and stuff like that you know like just just based on like the technology you're using um uh for your baby like uh monitors that sort of thing we're not going to go in into that depth of thing i think we're going to focus more on like you know tablets computers and and video games oh my but like i think there's just it's such a wide topic and unfortunately like i am so out of the loop on technology when it comes to um uh, newborns, you know, like I, I know we had, I think I, we had, we had a baby monitor s set up, but it was like, it was very basic. It was one of those like old school 
radio ones, but I know you can get like really fancy webcam setups and stuff, which, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and like, I mean, I remember, I still remember when we went to the, uh, the baby store, like baby RS type place to, to buy gear. They have, you know, all these automated rockers and stuff like robot rockers. Yeah. <laughs> Your baby is <laughs> like, there's, there's just tons of ways that, uh, technology, it, ends up like merging with your kids lives and the thing is is like you know eventually for for us that's going to be we're going to be fighting battles against social media and different things but right now like the old oldest is is gwen on my end and then and then kaden on your end and so in terms of technology use we're talking about like kids seven eight year old and then toddlers and younger younger children and stuff stuff like that so some some folks like we're not necessarily talking about screen time uh that that you know ties in to it uh a little bit but like the, the reality is that like it's more about how we use technology how our kids use technology how we allow our kids to use technology uh i think ryan you and i are similar and this is you know i would say if you were a listener that is dissimilar from us uh we would love to hear from you but we are both heavy tech users like as adults like you know surprise surprise you listen to the dungeons of the show it's all video games or tech or or gadgets or doohickeys or vr or this or that we're always talking about this sort of stuff and so you know just by osmosis our kids are exposed to all this stuff right it's like you know what what is Dad, what's daddy got there? And well, Caden, this is a little Mario figurine that if you tap on a controller, will give you extra outfits. You know, it, it's like it, it. They're just getting it because because we're heavy uh, users. So that you know, we would have to be insanely hypocritical to to then say like to our kids, hey, you can't use tech. You know, you can't use technology, or you can't use some of these things. Um, so, I mean, that's such like, I haven't checked in with Ryan in my blah, blah here. He may be like, uh, I do say that stuff to my kids. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm Ryan's like, I'm, I'm watching TV on and, and using my tablet at the same time, but I make Caden sit in the closet while that's no. going on. Um, so, no. <laughs> so I'm like, sorry, buddy, when you're older. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I guess like, like, do you guys have any parameters surrounding any sort of technology use as a family unit uh yeah i mean like i think you're you're absolutely right and that like we uh you and i have an advantage in that we we are used to using technology we understand um that technology has uh further tools to help with with uh with parental controls and stuff and i mean we could you could also do a whole topic on parental controls and I've really dove into those with um, with with the tablets that we have for the kids. And, you know, it, I think when it comes to technology with with our kids, like it, it, it really started with it's it's been modular, like we've added to it uh, as we needed to um, where we weren't going out and being like, oh, we need to get, you know, uh, baby's first tablet or whatever. Like we got the tablet when, when there was a need for it and it, it was kind of sparked around um, 
the the learning from home, uh, you know, COVID era, and I and I wanted to make sure like Caden had something that he could use him, himself. So you know, it it led to like research into how you know managing a device would work from you know a a, a parent to a child. And uh, I know we've talked about it on the show before. And you know, I'm an Apple user. I have a MacBook. I have my iPhone, my iPads, but to buy your kid an iPad, very expensive. You know, they are sometimes double, if not triple, the cost of uh, of an Android device. Um, if you're looking to for entry level stuff, so I'm not one to buy Android stuff very very often. But you know, I had a limited amount of experience with it through work. So we bought some Android tablets for the kids, like little Samsung ones, and and bought like a like basically like a, a cushion case for it uh, from Amazon. And uh, we set it up through, you know, a Google Family Link. And it just works so well that, like, I, I, I don't feel uncomfortable giving the tablet to the kids and being like, here you go. Like, they're not, they can't, like, they can't load websites. You know, they even if they click on the weather app, like Abby would do it a lot, like she'd click on the web, weather app and then she would... Uh, click on a video and there's just a bunch of stuff that would link to the weather website, which is fine. Like it's not bad or anything, but it would, it would basically not allow her to to load it. Um, because, and it just, it just made it like a stress-free uh, thing and, and kept it a tool that, that she could use when she wanted to uh, watch TV or engage with one of the apps and stuff. So from a technology standpoint, like we've, we've really leaned in on those tablets and i wanted to i know you can buy like the very specific kid ones like the amazon fire kid tablets but i found that like in my review searching that they can be quite limiting and and not last as long because they are made with you know they're they're made a little bit cheaper and they they operate like with very specific software and because we were doing at home learning, I, I wanted to make sure we had we had an operating system that would support like a lot of the tools the schools were using. So we got like just a, a generic Android uh, tablet. But um, we we allow the, like the kids can kind of use it whenever they want. Like we, again, when we talk about screen time, we can kind of explore that a bit. But like it, it is the the system we had it set up. So there was like a time limit on it, but honestly it just came down to like, it was more work for us because when they were using the tablet, they were usually engaging with it in a way that was like not them watching Netflix for six hours straight. It was usually like right now, Caden is all into Rubik's cubes and knitting. And what he'll do is while supervised, he will load up, you know, uh, YouTube kids, which I was apprehensive about allowing him to use. But I say to him like, look, like, if you allow us to do the searches and we'll and you can't wear headphones unless we've we've approved the video like he'll watch these like uh learn to videos so he calls it it's his learning time so it's like oh I, i'm allowed to watch youtube kids because i'm learning so he's learning like different tricks for his rubik's cube or different you know knitting techniques and stuff so i uh, like we don't really put a cap on it as long as it's like not getting in the way of other stuff uh but like in terms of technology, like we try to, we don't try to overwhelm the kids with it. You know, like they, they have specific pieces of tech that they engage with, but they also understand that there are specific pieces of tech that um, they don't touch or use, but know is there for, uh, for us to use to help them out. Like 
for example, a printer or something like they're not going to use the printer, but they understand that that piece of technology is going to help them out when they need to print something, you know? So like, that's kind of our philosophy. I try to overwhelm my kids with tech. I put them yeah. in a room. I set up a rave. I blast lights at them. I'm like, look at all these screens at once. I, you know, I amplify. No, uh, no, I, I don't. In fact, like it is funny because you're talking about all these t- tablets and I also am in the world of tablets with the kids. Um, we have two, essentially I had bought Jesse for her birthday and an iPad a couple of years ago. And, um, and then we bought a tablet for the kids, which was one of those Amazon Fire tablets you mentioned, which has been really good. We've gotten one of this uh, subscription service of some sort with it for kids that allows them to play a bunch of a bunch of fun games, and it, it was good. But then there's one tablet and two kids, so sure enough, the iPad was okay. You know, like you use this one and you use that one, and soon enough, it became double. You know, Jesse had no iPad anymore or barely gets to use it because the kids are using it all the time. Um, but uh, but like I just I just think it's interesting because I am older than you, even though it doesn't look it. And I'm I'm clearly very young looking, super handsome, all of that. I am actually older than you. And uh, and when I was a kid, we had uh, a lot of limits in sort of technology. Like, first off, um internet wasn't a thing internet started up when i was like 11 12 we're starting to to see like dial up internet and and different things even then i was on like what was called the national capital free net in 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 uh, the the area that i lived in there was bulletin boards and bbs's and stuff like that before the internet really you know was was taken off and um my family were one of the first families to get a computer uh, of all my friends, like, like just, they, we had an IBM, uh, IBM PC XT computer. Uh, and uh, the fact that it wasn't just a green and black CGA screen that it had like, you know, 16 colors and I could play some early games on it and all of this sort of stuff. It was kind of like, my parents were kind of on the forefront of technology in that way. At that time, they knew that this was this was a big deal. Like having a computer in their home was kind of a, a big deal, but I, I didn't have internet, all of that stuff, like smartphones and iPads. Like that's only like, you know, relatively recently in human history that we have those We're the first generation or one of the first generations that are raising our kids with these things around. So it's just interesting because just technology is so much more omnipresent and, you know, um, I just got for Mother's Day a picture frame for my wife. It's one of those picture frames that change, you know, it's Wi-Fi connected. It pulls out photos and then it just switches them. And like you can put put photos on them. Like even our picture frames are tech technology now. And they're all connected. It it feels like we are living in the science fiction future that we thought of. And I think that there's two ways that you can think of that. One is with fear. Uh, and one, actually, I'm going to throw a third away. One is with fear. One is fully embrace. And then one is skeptical face. Um, and that that third one is like is like where people are looking at studies of how much screen time or, or exposure to the electronic waves or this or that. And they're saying, oh, we, we don't know how this is impacting the human brain. So I'm, I'm okay with it. 
in theory, but not to the, there are people in the middle ground, but I also know a lot of people that are legitimately like they would deny it, but I think scared of technology uh, for their children, maybe want to go back to the good old days, that sort of thing. Um, and so it is weird. It is weird because like for me, I see that appeal, the siren song of like, well, when I was a kid, we had a, we had a video game. It was called outside, you know? Um, and, uh, but then, but then another part of me is like, no, you know, like these are, these are tools that will help us. Like when my, my kids both have tablets, Ryan, like, and it's, and I, I'm fortunate in that they don't have like, a tablet problem, but when when they're on them, it they're giving they are babysitting my kids in a certain way. They are providing them, you know, stimulus and all of this while I am and my wife is getting something done, taking a break, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm better than my parent. My parents would be like, well, no, I, I mean, they understood to a certain extent. I would say like, can let me hit a save point because when I play a video game, when I was a kid, you needed to hit save points. You couldn't just save anywhere or pause your game anywhere and come back to it like you can now. And so I, you know, I'd hit a save point, but it's funny how save points also provided your kid brain with an opportunity to come to terms with, I'm stepping away from this thing now. Well, because one thing is like my kids will be watching shows on Disney plus or whatever, be watching a show. And I've seen this before. Other parents do this, you know, no judging, but I'm totally judging. Uh, you where they're, where they like, they're like, okay, tablets are over now. You know, we're taking them. We're taking, we're having supper. We're doing this where I'm taking your tablets and that's fine. I get that, but just know your kids are going to melt down and they're going to melt down for two reasons. One, you didn't give them a heads up. It would be good if you give them a heads up, say like, hey, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to be doing this so they can mentally prepare for it. And two, if they're watching a 22-minute show and they're 19 minutes into it, just let them finish the show and then take it. Like, does that three minutes make – like, act, act, be curious to where they're at because if you cut them off in the middle of the resolution of a story, even if it's just a kid show – that doesn't feel great, you know? So, so, you know, you just check and be like, okay, you're, you're at 19 minutes. How, how much longer you got on that show? Oh, three minutes. Okay. That's, that's great. Last night it, we washed hair and the girls have long hair. It was wet. And normally we don't have tablets or anything upstairs around bedtime, but when we're brushing hair, there is an exception, right? So we brushed hair and the girls are watching a show. We're, it's, it's halfway done and we're done brushing the hair. And so technically I would turn it off, but they didn't want me to turn it off. They wanted to watch the end of their show. So I said, okay, if we do that, then we're not going to, we're not going to read books tonight. And uh, we re read books every night. You're choosing for the, to see the end of the show, but then it's going to be late and we won't have time for books. And they're like, okay, that's okay. And so we made that trade. We didn't do books that night. We don't normally have the, the the screen up there, but I just think just be patient with your kids. Like don't rip the stuff out of their hands. That's where it's like, and then you see parents are like, oh, my kid's addicted to the screen. I'm like, are they addicted to the screen or were they just three quarters of the way wa through watching a show that you just ripped out from in front of them with no warning, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think that you're absolutely right. Like you have to, 
give them the opportunity to uh, explain where they're at. And and I think like, uh, so our morning routine is that the kids are up six o'clock and they they know they can go downstairs to their to their area of the house, to the basement where there is a TV set up and there's a, the, a fire stick uh, attached to it. It's it's the old TV. So they know they can grab the remote and watch uh, watch Netflix like there's. Again, like there's a pin on it, so like they can't like order, um, uh, they can't buy stuff or or, or get into into apps that uh, or or watch content that is that is past a certain rating level. But like they know, like Kate and Abby know, like they can navigate to Netflix, choose their profile, and watch something while mommy and daddy get up, make a coffee, start breakfast, start lunches, that sort of thing. So, um, lunches for school. We, we don't get to sleep in that late, but it, it's one of those things where it's like it gives them an opportunity to wake up and not like run straight into the day. And they are up early. Like our kids are different. Our kids wake up at six. They go to bed at six thirty seven. They wake up at six and um, they get to go downstairs and hang out uh, on their own time and, and watch some TV. And because they're in school all day and it's such a rush from school to, to dinner to to bed there really is only screen time during the week in the morning so they get that they get that time and i remember when i was a kid watching a lot of like saturday morning cartoons and stuff like that so like it it doesn't that stuff doesn't really bother me but you're right like giving them an opportunity to 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 like pause you know engage with the content i find you know i don't i don't want to throw people under the bus but like uh i find like not necessarily my parents because the kids don't watch content at my parents because they live in the the middle of nowhere. They don't have streaming services and stuff. But like when they're at Ashley's parents, I'll get a lot of comments of like, oh, they're watching this weird show. And I'm like, well, yeah, did you sit and watch it? It's like, no, it's just so terrible. And I'm like, well, it's a cartoon. I think it was Teen Titans Go. And to me, I watched that show and it's like, yeah, it's silly. It's zany. It's uh, it reminds me a lot of Animaniacs, but it's but it's like Teen Titans. But yeah, like they they don't they don't engage with it, right? They just uh, they just think it's silly and stupid. And that's that's a good point. Like, and it's it's not necessarily related to technology as much as it is related to engaging with the stuff that your kids are doing. But like, I was Ryan when I was a kid, it was the same deal. Like my parents, like I was like I want to show my dad this video game I was playing. And it was not violent. It was just like an adventure game, like these Sierra games. You walk from screen to screen. Like uh, I remember like being excited to show him stuff, but he had no interest. Right. He's like, Oh, that's nice. You know, or whatever. And it was the same with like TV shows or whatever. Like when the Simpsons came out, they thought it was just trash. Right. And they weren't even willing to engage with it. And I'm like, just sit and watch this thing with us. You know, um, it's, it's, it, it was really, it's very much, uh, I feel like I don't want to say it's a, a generational mindset. Cause it could just, it could just be the people as well. Like you never know. Right. But uh, I, you know, I find that, I find that challenging and technology can like, it's not to replace you as a parent, like that it can help, you know, you with your kids, but if you're rested and patient and, and, and able to be your best self with them, then that, you know, that is great. And like, for me, I'm big on tech. I like video games. So I want to have these video game experiences with my kids. We've talked about this a lot uh, on the show before, what age is appropriate, 
appropriate. I went over to my friend's house. He has waited until his child is much older before getting a switch and they're loving it right now. But it is funny. You mentioned parental controls. I'm over there. He's playing it. There's these pop-ups that start coming up on his screen. I'm like, what is going on right now? And Mike's like, oh, those are the parental controls. He's got five minutes left. And I was like flabbergasted because <laughs> I not 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 that the they had the parental controls on, which I think is really cool, that I did not even know about them or had not thought about them in any way, or was unaware that the switch had that capability. I was like, oh, you could do that. Because really it it provides them with the same feeling. That what I said about giving the five minute warning and all of that, right? Like they they get a notification, they get a sense of like, okay, your time's running down here, and they can mentally prepare for it. So I was like, oh, in tech, I think that's for those who are scared or or maybe scared is not the right word, resistant, just like all the tech now, like be they tablets, be they. Um, you know, video games, be they uh, anything, really, there's parental controls of some nature. And they, they, and you can, if you take the time to figure them out, you know, like you can, you can ensure that as best that you can while your kids are still young before they get smarter than you, you can, you can ensure that they're, they're safe or that their, their time is managed in that on those devices, right? Like I really, I really do think that it, it's, it's sort of technology is generally a plus in the way that it's going to help you raise your kids, but it's one that you have to invest the time into managing yourself. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, If, if you do, if you don't do it, then if you don't do it, then, then um, yeah, your kids are going to, you're going to come down and be like, you're still watching this. You're still doing this. You're so, well, yeah. I mean, of course they are like, why wouldn't they be doing it? Are you asking them to do something else or, or, or what have you. The, the, the thing, Ryan, I was going to pivot to was the internet. Because this is one thing that um, – and I think it warrants an entire topic and we can do it in the future. But like in terms of technology, that is the next big thing. As Gwen knows what Googling something is, she's like, let's Google it. Let's look it up. Let's whatever. We don't let her have her phone. She wants me to do it. But now you know she can use these tablets and, and she's going to start wanting to engage with the internet. Um, and that's something, again, I never had to deal with. And it's something that we're going to, yes, there are parental controls. Yes. There's a lot that we could potentially do, but, uh, you know, it, I will admit it scares me. Like it's scared. I'm like, I don't want my daughter on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the, here's the thing. The internet is, like you said, it goes hand in hand with a lot of the technology we've been talking about. And I've had this conversation with, with Caden as we've sort of opened up his tablet a little bit more. Like I said, it was strictly like Netflix and select apps from the subscription we have on Google is uh, the Google Plex Pass or Play Pass, I think is the Play Pass. Yeah. And it's just, it's like a host of apps and there's, and it unlocks like a lot of like freemium titles and removes all the, 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 the in-app purchases and stuff. And it, it's been really good to like add a bunch of apps and games that the, the kids can engage with. But Caden, like I said, wanted to learn more about stuff. So I said, okay, well, we'll put YouTube kids on. And it was also like in tandem with school uh, wanting, you know, in co- a lot of the school curriculum, you'd be surprised. A lot of YouTube videos, uh, a lot. Like and that's a huge change from when you and I were in school. Like that, that, I don't know if it's like that at your kid's school, but I've I've noticed they incorporate a lot of YouTube. They do like their dance Please class. True. It's totally true. 
um, uh, the YouTube video thing. Like I've no, I've noticed it too. They've been like, oh yeah, uh, we watched this thing. Can you find it, Daddy? And like whatever. And it's yeah. like in, it's part of the curriculum. Like I've come in at one point to drop something off at school, and there's a bunch of kids like looking at a projector screen, and mm-hmm. it's like it's a YouTube video. Yeah, like, and I was watching. Uh, we were watching uh, TV uh, and we have an Apple TV and I had the remote and Caden woke up in the middle of, middle of the night, like I think nine, like 10 o'clock and, and he came downstairs and he was like, oh, my teacher has one of those. And, and like, yeah, they have this technology in the classroom. Like if you are resistant to introducing your kids to technology, like unless they're being homeschooled, like they are being introduced to this stuff at school because they're using it as tools to teach. And the internet, you're right, is like that next big hurdle, and I've been resistant to like dive in with with it with the kids. Like, obviously, they like you said, they know that you can look stuff up on the internet, and they will ask like, "Oh, look that up," and I'll look it up, and I'll and I'll show them. Sort of like Caden, we went to Toronto, and he was uh, he and his sister Abby were like they just wanted to know more about the CN Tower, and like we we ended up looking at Wikipedia and reading some stuff. And then they wanted to learn about Canada's Wonderland and know when it opens. We were looking at that. So like they know of it, but they don't engage with it themselves. And I remember having this conversation pretty recently with Caden as to like why we ask that if he's watching YouTube kids, like he doesn't wear headphones and that we're around when he's watching stuff. And he lets us know if he sees something that's, you know, (laughs) he doesn't understand or, or questions, you know, uh, I said like, well, look, like, and, and he asked, well, why don't you do that with Netflix? I said, well, Netflix is curated. Like when we when we say that you have a kid's profile on Netflix, Netflix makes sure that all that content there is suitable for kids. YouTube Kids is like everybody uploading stuff to YouTube. And it relies a lot on, you know, machine learning to know that that content is strictly for kids. It's not perfect. Algorithms are not perfect. And it's just a it's just a way for him to understand like there, there is eventually going to be stuff that you're going to come across on the internet and uh, it's going to happen. Like you can't protect your kids forever, but he's seven and he wants to learn about Rubik's cubes and knitting. So like, I want to make sure that he feels able to do that with, with, with his app. So like it's, it's baby steps. It's, it's introducing stuff uh, modular, you know, like trying new things and, I remember getting, you know, I get a Facebook message from my my mother-in-law and it's like, oh, kids are seeing this in YouTube kids. It's even making it through the algorithm. And it's like this weird creature thing that's like telling kids to do bad things. And I'm like, okay, yeah, well, humans suck. Things slip through the cracks. Uh, of course, stuff like that can happen. But like, you know, you can't shut yourself off from the world because you're afraid of afraid of something like that you just you just have to be you have to be careful and it's so funny like talking about the internet and our experience as a kid and 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 being able to explain the difference to the kids i love being being able to explain the difference because like when i was growing up and the internet was being introduced i said to caden like well look when i was your age when i went to school we didn't have the internet uh, I remember very vividly, and this is probably more related to it was a small school in a small area, but like there was this like trailer that would visit the school and it was like the internet bus. So we didn't have internet at the school, but like there was this bus that would go around and it was like connected to the internet. I don't know how, but 
back in those days, but like you could surf the net from the bus. Like there was a bunch of computer terminals set up and we'd go in the parking lot and go into this bus and like we, you could check out the internet. Now, shortly after that, the computer got a, a computer lab, but this was like, this was in the, in the mid nineties. And that is how Ryan's MySpace page came to be. I remember vividly looking up uh, when the next Animorph books was coming out. Like that's kind of the time frame. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, um, it is, it is funny. There's so many, like it is an onion technology and stuff. I just think that it, it is funny. Uh, when we go on a road trip or whatever, I remember going on these road trips by my family and I would, you know, uh, my mom would fill up on like Archie comics or something that she, she got a garage sale so that we'd have something to look at. Maybe she would, you know, like have some tapes, of something. And then if I was lucky, I got to buy like a tiger electronics, you know, those this yeah. $25, like, you know, they kind of poopy uh, games or whatever. And, uh, and then now we're driving to Florida and uh, with that and uh, and now like I go to grandpa's and like both kids have like tablets on glued to the back of the seats with their favorite shows like we could bring the switch that they could play an amazing video game on the fly they can listen to music we got stories podcasts up the wazoo you mm -hmm. know uh, it's just like you know it is crazy better for them than it was for me but consequence consequently it's crazy better for me as a parent than it was for my parents because my kids will be able to are able to travel really well quietly and comfortably and we're able to get to the destination without multiple are we there yet are we there yet you know like so it's it, it is it is a a, a net a gain, you know, a net, a net bonus. And so yeah. I, I feel that generally about tech technology in my life, like th that picture frame thing has been such a revelation because we've been, we've been putting up photos that we just had never had time to have frame and we can do it off all our different phones. And so my wife is putting it and, and the girls are loving it and they, they can go up and hit a button and give it a heart and a heart pops up and stuff. And they, they're like, I'm going to heart that one. And I know that it's training for social media, but right now I just see it as like a, a really nice, like they walk up to this frame that has a picture of their sister. And it's like, I want to give my sister a heart. And uh, I, I, you know, so there's just, there's just so much, that you there's so much to unravel on uh, because there's so many different parts of technology that infiltrate the parenting process. But generally, if you seek to approach it with curiosity, to understand it, to, to, to make it work with your life, um, then it's going to be a, a, a net gain for, for all of you. And like, I think like I was a day camp counselor at a, at a, at a camp that was about nature and technology and it was they were kind of separate you we did nature stuff and we did technology stuff we had one of those rvs like you talked about we had one of those for the day camp and there were computers inside and and that sort of thing and there was like a balance between those two things and i think it's the same with technology and other things it's like technology is great you've got to do other stuff than just technology i think most parents know that everybody feels that guilt of when they're kids are on a screen or something like that and they're like oh i gotta go and, and and force them to to go outside or do something with them outside so i think we know that there needs to be a balance there but it's it's 
I think that the the siren call of technology is that it it often is easier. It's the easier uh, thing. It's easier to put my kids in front of a tablet and let them watch a show than it is me playing mermaid figurines with them for a half hour. You know, um, so you got to you got to balance you got to balance that sometimes. Sometimes you got to play the mermaid figurines. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean we didn't even get into you know, where toys are at these days, like just from a technology standpoint, like a lot of, a lot of toys are more technologically advanced. You know, even the one that comes to mind is, uh, uh, the Mario Lego stuff. Like the kids, um, the kids had a, had a, they had a day where they were, they were home. Uh, they were home. I think they were home with, with me. They had, it was a PA day or something or, or whatever. And I brought all the Mario Lego up and I said, all right, we're going to put this together. And it like, it's a, it's a digital app on my iPad. That is the instructions. And even the Lego is set up as like a digital game where you turn, you know, the Mario Lego has like batteries in it and it interacts with the pieces as you move through the course. And it is just it is so it's so fascinating to see how like stuff has has changed and uh as you said like you know embrace it with curiosity and you find that suddenly like you aren't just having to pretend play mermaids you're able to have like build your own mario course and 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 just learn more and and uh and have fun with it like i love lego i love lego as a kid and i love buying lego for- for the kids now because I get to, I get to help them build it and, and put it together. And I also just have a, a, a fascination with the fact, like, you know, being an, a, an adult and, and putting, you know, toys together or putting toys up on the shelf, like the amiibo that you referenced. Um, the kids love Lego because they like Caden will, will build a cup or no, not even Caden. It was Isabel, our three-year-old. She, there was these toad houses for the Lego and she would just like take them apart rewind on the timeline of the Lego app and just put it back together and be like, okay, I want to build the purple house again, tear it apart, put it back together, tear it apart, put it back together. And it was just, it was so fascinating to watch. And it's just her like engaging with both the tablet, the Lego, the Mario characters, like it just all comes together. And, and, uh, it is so cool. It's so fascinating to watch as well and to engage with. And, um, you had mentioned Amiibos before, uh, I'll, I'll mention this story and we should probably wrap up, but uh, I have an old, I had a, I had a duplicate Amiibo. I think I got it through like a Nintendo press event. Like I, 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 I won it or something and I get, I ended up giving it to Abigail and Abigail knows I have a bunch of Amiibo. Uh, she sees them in the office. I've got all my Zelda ones out in the, in the living room as, as I scan them each day, as I play uh, tears of the kingdom. Um, we had an opportunity where the kids were able to pick like one toy because uh, they did, they had like a, they, they were be, they were, they were going, bedtime has been a bit of a mess lately. So we were saying like, look, if you have 30 days in a row of good bedtimes, we can go pick out a toy. And that's like your reward for 30 days, 30 days straight. Uh, oh, don't you, I had to reset the streak a couple times. So if, if you're able to make it to your teenage years, uh, then you will get a toy. You know, I, I promised. I, well, I promised them. Uh, I promised if they could do a year, they'd get a switch, <laughs> their own switch. I don't think they'll get it, but uh, I let them, I let them use the, 
the family switch. But I said, hey, if you if you can do a year straight of good bedtimes and and behaving, then I will buy you your own switch. One for, for all of them to share. Uh, suffice to say, they've not got there. What's going to happen, eventually Nintendo's going to release the Switch 2 and then Daddy's going to buy it for himself and yeah. and give the the family Switch to one of the... Uh, I did I did tell them, they said, well, what if we can't make it to a year because, you know, we have bad days. Like, you have bad days. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's true. Uh, but you know what? Like, Nintendo will eventually <laughs> release a new, a new new Switch and you can have the old one. And then they say, yeah, like, I, can we see the new one? You know, like, even though we'll have the old one, can we see the new one? I'm like, yes, you can see the new one. You can, you can <laughs> they're so concerned. I, I like how Cadence, Cadence, like, you know, we, we, you know, we have bad days. Everybody has bad days. Look, I'm the number one Caden almost uh, all the time, <laughs> but sometimes I'm the number two Caden. And I don't want to be punished for that. They're not being punished. Anyways, like they, so so they they hit their 30 days and uh <laughs> they they were they were behaving very well and I said okay like you guys can go pick out a toy and Caden wanted a new Rubik's cube because he's on the 4x4 now and Abby uh she wanted an amiibo so <laughs> we went to the store and and she was able to pick out an amiibo which she was going to get the peach amiibo uh but then she decided that she was going to get I think she ended up getting a monster hunter amiibo uh, this really cool uh, uh, dog and armor type thing. So, yeah, she's all now like, oh, I, I want to add this one to my my gift list. And this one I can get for Valentine's Day. And this one I can get for my birthday. And I'm like, OK, slow down, kiddo. Like, you know, the, let's just uh, let's just take it one holiday, to th- one one birthday at a time. <laughs> slow down, kiddo. This is what really happened. Ryan was like. That's a good idea. <laughs> let's let's maybe 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 I should put a down payment on them right now. Yeah. And Ashley's Ashley's like giving you the evil eyes. You're like, I mean, slow down, kiddo. <laughs> yeah, slow down. What are you um, doing? It, I, I, what, like, what, I, it was it was one of those things where I I think like she even understood it. She, I said like, well, if you get the peach amiibo, I think uh, Izzy's gonna want to play with it because because she's been more into the Mario stuff lately and uh and and <laughs> Abigail says it's like well it's not a toy it's a figure <laughs> <laughs> and I said and I was like oh god you are you are you are my daughter like for you sure you are your father's daughter yeah because um, I'm thinking to myself like well really it's not something you play with it's something you set up on a shelf and you admire it right it's and a you, figure and, and you admire it serves no functional purpose except no, the functional it looks purpose cool. it does serve with by unlocking cosmetic outfits in your daddy's video games um Ryan, we should wrap up. Uh, yeah. Technology is a loaded one, but I'd be curious to hear what people think about it. Or if there's pieces of omnipresent technology that we're not thinking about. I think we spend a lot of time on tablets and such, uh, but there might be things that are in uh, our lives that are just like every day. Um, I, I, I like when you were talking about the kids how kids have technology at school, how YouTube's there, how all of these things are helping teachers as well. So it's very interesting. There's a lot to talk about with regards to tech uh, and kids. If you have great tips for uh, managing technology uh, around your household, please let us know. We would love to hear them. Um, And uh, you can do that by sending us an email 
dad at tgistudios.com, D-A-D at tgistudios.com. You can visit us on the web, tgistudios.com slash dad. You can also send us your stories about playing Tears of the Kingdom with your kids. Would love to hear those. You can um, also follow us on Twitter. Uh, we have a show cat uh, Twitter account at D and D cast, but also Ryan and I individuals of individual natures. We have uh, accounts at Crofton steers and at R Murphy. I'll let you guess who is who before signing off. Ryan, did we want to say what our next topic is going to be? Yes. Yeah, we should, we should tease our next topic. And that's the idea here is that we will, foreshadow our future topics at least one episode in advance to give folks a chance to uh, chime in on the discussion ahead of time, offer their thoughts and feelings on the topic. So uh, I kind of came up with the technology this week. And then um, from that thought, like, well, if a good follow-up would be screen time. And I, and I, I think Crofton, you made a good point pre-show when we were talking about it and that like, I feel from this discussion, folks that can, kind of guess what our thoughts on screen time are. So it'd be really good to get people's feedback on how they approach screen time. Um, but yes, of course there are like parts of the idea of screen time that we haven't um, touched on uh, in terms of how we operate. But, uh, but yeah, it would be good to hear from folks on that one too. So we're going to talk about screen, t- screen time next episode. And uh, so, yeah, if people have, have thoughts on it, please share them, especially if you deviate from sort of like where Ryan and I are coming from as heavy tech users, like would be good to hear an alternative uh, view. So, um, so yeah, that's going to do it. Second episode of Dungeons and Diapers 2.0. I'm going to make it trend by saying it out loud. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, audience. Everybody have a great couple of weeks, and we'll see you back here at the same dungeon time, same dungeon place, which is, I guess, on your podcast feed every two weeks on a different day. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.